Listener Production. Wall Street retreats as long-term interest rates surge higher. And the Australian share market expected to fall for the fifth consecutive day. I'm Tom. I'm Craig. It's Friday the 22nd of August. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Well, Craig, often is the case where you see a delayed reaction following important Mm. outcomes. Uh, Last day we had the US Federal Reserve uh, leave rates on hold. So quickly, let's just reflect on how these prices have behaved. What we tended to see for stocks is that the indices ended around session lows. The Dow Jones down by 1.1%, the S&P 500 down 1.6%, and the NASDAQ down by 1.8%. That makes a little more sense when you consider where US government bonds or US treasuries traded overnight. So we saw uh, a 10-year government bond up by 7 basis points to 4.57%, a 30-year up by 11 basis points to 455 uh, What the bottom line is with those interest rates is that they have now moved into a new trading range at a higher level. They are pushing significantly higher. You know, Some of these yields are uh, the highest that we have seen since 2007, mm. heading into the 2000s, mm. uh, early 2000s. There was a bit of a bump around in, t- in, s- in terms of some prices, but a day later, what has stood out to you? Well, the, the declines have been right the way across the board. So we've seen them in the United States. We've seen them in, in Europe. We've seen them in Asia yesterday. The declines anywhere around about 1.5% uh, for, for the major indexes right the way across across the board. And I think, yes, the expectation is now that um, interest rates are going to stay higher for longer, that central banks are indeed determined to get inflation under control. That means a slower growth environment. And that means a reflection of that in terms of uh, investors' thinking. Indeed. So I suppose one of the things that was critical in the way that the markets have behaved this day is that there was a significant upgrade in terms of growth expectations in the US, a lowering of the unemployment rate forecast. And that has probably been felt most acutely where interest rate markets have been concerned in the US. There was a contained response where short-term rates were concerned. So we saw long-term interest rates really surge higher. They've moved into a a different bound now. And we've talked about this uh, over the course of recent weeks, Ryan and I, uh, the risk being that this ceiling that they've been bumping up against might be breached and we're well and truly into that territory. So essentially, uh, this is where the glass half full comes (laughs) home to roost. The US economy doing better Uh, than what many had expected. It's coping with higher interest rates. And uh, to the extent where we're now expecting these interest rates to hold at these levels for a longer period of time. Yeah. And um, now we move on to to the next phase where inflation is likely to go. And we we do have the personal consumption expenditure deflator, uh, the core measure, uh, that's out next week. And we've got our own monthly yes, consumer price index here in, in Australia. So uh, we know the gasoline prices are influencing yes, the rates of inflation, pushing up headline rates, worries about that yes, being entrenched in, into inflationary expectations. So we move on to, to the next phase. And um, uh, certainly last night we, we saw in terms of economic data, the jobless claims, weekly claims for unemployment insurance down by 20,000 to 201,000. Now, they had been expecting 225,000. They've got 201,000. So uh, the job market in the United States remains in good shape. We know that it happens in, in Australia as well. Same in terms of the UK, you know, so many parts of Europe and also Canada. 
Let's just quickly reflect on some of the company news, Craig, last night. So the organizations that are beloved of investors are those that can effectively cut costs, manage their margins, hold on to their market share, or indeed expand their market share. And where all of those considerations were uh, concerned, last night FedEx ticked a lot of those boxes. So the early response to uh, the results had FedEx shares up by as much as 7% uh, at the time of the close. Uh, they were up just under 5%. It was the biggest increase that we've seen in June during the session. Uh, earnings per share came in well above the market's expectations at $4.55. The market was looking for something closer to $3.73 per share, and it was well ahead of the $3.44 per share earnings that they posted in the same time last year. Their sales at $21.7 billion were in line with the market's expectations, but significantly, as I said, they were able to eat into their costs. Uh, they improved their margins. And uh, as a result, they were able to raise their guidance. So they were still conservative in terms of the uh, upper end. They maintained that, but they raised the lower end of their guidance. So that's still important. And that uh, was overwhelmingly embraced by investors. Uh, they've been the beneficiaries of a strike at UPS, so they've been able to take customers away from that organization. There's been uh, another competitor as well that's gone into bankruptcy, so they've benefited from that. So in a market that was falling, to see FedEx shares do as well as they did last night is quite telling. Well, it suggests that the company has a degree of pricing power. Now, pricing power is an interesting concept. You know, so some companies believe that they've got it. You know, so others um, have to demonstrate that. You know, so like FedEx you know, did last night. In Australia, it's uh, companies like Borrell and, and James Hardy have indicated in the last profit reporting season that they had pricing power. And indeed, that was demonstrated in terms of the, their results. Qantas, they think that they have you know, sort of pricing power, and they probably do to, to some extent in some of their, their routes. But that's the, you know, sort of the key concept for, for companies now. Any company that can demonstrate that they have indeed got that you know, sort of magic formula of pricing power uh, it will do very well in terms of the share price response. Indeed. And look, an historic announcement this morning, Craig. Rupert Murdoch Rupert. is stepping down mm. as the uh, chairman of News Corporation. Yes, and it seems that um, overall, you know, so the um, share market has uh, uh, absorbed that news, you know, so quite well. Uh, it, it was always on the cards that there would be, you know, so handing over. Of, uh, <laughs> well, yes. Well, that's probably been said for like the last half a century, Craig. But um, <laughs> since the the sons were able to get their driver's license, that's been talked about. But I mean, that is a moment in time. Uh, Rupert Murdoch has bestrode the global stage. He has left an impression that has been polarizing but regardless his achievements remarkable and you almost just step back from things a little bit when you see these sorts of things happen it uh, makes you reflect on a whole bunch of things now the future of news corp is in the hands of a younger generation it'll be fascinating to see what happens so where do we go from here and you sort of there will be you know, so younger heads that you know, so will be applied to to the thought about you know so how content will be distributed across uh, communities now. Indeed. So Lachlan uh, Murdoch will take on the role of the chairman of News Corporation in a sole capacity. He'll also be the CEO of Fox News and the shares have been generally higher, uh, up by around 2.5% in the case of Fox Class 
A shares, I believe. Uh, so generally, well, I suppose again, in a falling market, that's been received positively. Yes, by, indeed. By, yes, by investors. Right. Let's quickly reflect on European trade, um, Craig, because there was a lot going on there that was important as well. Blow me down. The Bank of England's left rates on hold. Yes, indeed. Uh, so only a day ago, there was an eighty percent chance that they'd leave, that they'd hike rates. Uh, there was a what was the vote five to four in favour of leaving them on hold at five and a quarter percent. They lowered growth forecasts that had a bit of an effect on the sterling, which has fallen to its lowest level since about March, I think March or June. So, God, I wouldn't have expected this to be honest. No, no, and a number of central banks have um, come out with their announcements on on their policy rates. Uh, Norway and Sweden both in, increased interest rates by twenty five basis points or a quarter of one percent. Norway now four and a quarter percent. Sweden four percent. Swiss National Bank left its rate unchanged at one point seven five percent. And Turkey, the central bank there, lifted its policy rate from twenty five percent to thirty percent. Savers would be delighted. So the um, bottom line, I think, with the spate of central bank outcomes that we have seen in recent days is, at the very least, they are hawkish pauses, which would be a reasonable way of generalising them. Yes, I think very much the case. uh, Particularly the US Federal Reserve, uh, and even in the case of the Bank of England, they said that they were ready to move again uh, in the event that inflation starts misbehaving. Uh, A common refrain, nothing novel in that respect. Let's talk about what's going to happen today, Craig. The SPY futures are talking about a decent bump lower for the ASX 200, down by about one and a quarter percent, or about 87 points in terms of the uh, contract as we come to rest. It's going to be a bit of a tough day for the local market. It will be another tough day for for the local market, and uh, uh, anything you know, in the order of you know, some ninety points, you know, is likely to to be wiped off uh, the the start of the session. Uh, we'll be looking for guidance now. We'll be looking for guidance from Europe and the United States later tonight, and whether they can start to get some rallies going. Uh, the, hopefully, investors have got this out of their system. That uh, the central banks have come out with their interest rate announcements. And uh, now it's a case of moving forward and moving forward to, to the, the next hurdles. And in the United States, as I mentioned, uh, the core personal consumption expenditure deflator, the main measure of inflation in the US, that will be coming out next week. Our own monthly CPI here in Australia will be coming out you know, sort of Wednesday you know, sort of next week. Um, our rate may bump up from you know, sort of 4.8% to 5.1% because of higher petrol prices. Uh, we may see a degree of easing, though, in terms of the the US measure of inflation. But now it's it's back to the data. It is. So I think what's important tonight, like uh, we'll be seeing a range of PMIs out of the US, uh, which will potentially be a saving grace if they are a little bit softer. So the concern at the moment would be markets are thinking, okay, growth's doing okay. Upside growth outcomes are the risk that'll push uh, interest rates higher. It's almost the moment now where we'll be celebrating perhaps some slightly softer economic news. That remains to be seen. In terms of the themes that we saw in the Northern Hemisphere, it was the growth stocks that were under pressure, uh, particularly the uh, real estate-related stocks. They were underperformers both in Europe and the United States. So that's going to be an area, obviously, 
that comes uh, into focus as far as the local picture is concerned. Well, there was some comfort with the oil price last night. It rejected that area around $90 a, $91 a barrel, where West Texas Intermediate was concerned. That's the US benchmark. So it fell by about 70 cents or three quarters of a percent to $89.60. Gold also reflecting the firmness of the US dollar against most other currencies, down by about a half of 1% or $10 an ounce to 1920 US an ounce. The Aussie dollar, which was spending some time around 64 and a half US cents, it fell below 64 at one stage to as low as 63.90, recovered a little bit uh, to be at around 64.2 as we record right now as Asia uh, starts to come online and the Kiwis are in there buying and selling currencies. First cab off the rank as far as the region is concerned. Certainly, certainly very much the case. Uh, we saw copper and aluminium futures both down by 2.1%. As you um, indicated yesterday, can be influenced by the, the stronger US dollar and puts downward pressure on US commodity prices. We saw that in terms of gold. We saw that uh, oil in terms of base metals as well. And that um, wraps around to, to our market today for the lead-in for the materials of the mining sectors, the energy sectors. Certainly, we haven't got a positive lead-in. It, it reinforces the fact that our market is going to be down at the start of trade. Well, the one consolation, Craig, is that it's Friday and we've got a two-day break. And uh, may your team win on the weekend if they're participating in uh, the competition at this end of the year. Of course, in Lissy or the Brisbane Lions. Sorry about that. Uh, but have a great weekend. Look forward to your company again next week. Stay safe. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.